0: Hope everyone had a great 4th of July holiday. We're back at it here with a live episode for you here on this Tuesday evening. Talking about maybe some of the biggest holes on the 49ers roster. What are the question marks going into training camp in 2022? Jump into the chat. Get to some of your Twitter questions as well. And we'll talk a little bit about Debo Samuel and some of the stuff he's going through right now. And the whole thing about the the to-do about him signing a ball for a young fan and how it was a bunch of nothing this weekend. And it's go time. Locked on 49ers live right now. You are locked on 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked on 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you here once again after a little holiday weekend at BB Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And actually, the vacation's still going for Croc. I'm back in my studio with bad lighting and bad camera. I'm going to get a new camera. This is driving me crazy. I'm like, I'm, I feel, I'm all like blue tinted out again. It, it keeps going back and forth with, with my lighting situation. Croc's lighting looks great. Despite him still being on vacation, hanging on a little extra. We're at the we're 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 July 5th here, Croc, and you're still rolling down there. But you need a buffer day, I'm guessing, right? Between a weekend at Disneyland with the whole family and like getting back into the work situation and your daily (laughs) life. Like you need a buffer, you like a vacation for the vacation at this point, I'd imagine.
1: Oh man. And just last week I was in New York. So it's like back to back. I'm I'll tell you what, I am definitely getting my steps in. I believe between the two days walking around the parks between uh, Disneyland and California Adventure, we walked over, t- over 12 miles. So that's a lot with kids. And I'd say for about three of those miles, I had one of my kids on my shoulders.
0: Get a little workout in too was, yeah. was big, crocky. Hard 75. That's a good way to, uh, to, to jumpstart your midsummer workout is uh, by right. walking miles <laughs> at Disneyland if you can keep that up and you have the energy when you get back home. And uh, maybe, is, is are things happening on your gym while you're gone, too? Because that gym's going to be up pretty soon, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, when I left, they were doing all the plumbing and everything. So it's always exciting, like, being gone for a few days. And we'll see. Obviously, this is a holiday weekend. So I don't know how much work they did before and after. But typically, by the time I get back, there's something different.
0: It's like when you see one of your relatives or a young child, and then you don't see him again until the next holiday. And you're like, dang look how growing up this kid is now. That's what it's going to be like for your gym. You're like look how yeah. grown up the gym is looking almost looking like an adult gym.
1: Yeah. Oh man, I'm excited. I'm excited. Matter of fact, the whole like Southeast Arkansas, they're all excited around there.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Send your folks to, to Crocky, get them in shape, get yourself in shape with Crocky. Uh, Scott says the Debo thing was so stupid. What'd you, what'd you think about the Debo? Not non-signing and then signing of the young kids football and, um if for those of you didn't see it there was a sort of a semi-viral video of a kid going up with a 49ers ball and dad was filming him and he tried to go get at this camp tried to go get Debo to sign his 49ers ball and Debo shut him down and so everyone went wild with it saying "Oh, Debo won't sign 49ers gear hates 49ers wants to be gone (laughs) and then you know it turns out that wasn't the thing it was just that there's so many kids there you can't sign everybody's Stuff, right? 400 campers. And so, you know, the rules were he's not going to sign stuff separately, but he had um, uh, the ability and actually he he posted himself on Twitter on July 2nd after this kind of went wild a little bit to start the weekend. He said 400 campers. I wasn't able to autograph personal items, but every camper went home with the signed photo wishing everybody a happy and healthy Fourth of July weekend signed one debo and he did have those red and gold colors on debo did and uh he still had that number 19 chain and he did have a photo with the young with the youngster uh that was a 49ers fan and a debo samuel fan and i'm sure even more of a debo samuel fan now because he did get that signed picture so uh i'm glad that all ended well and folks we got to calm down a little bit with some of these things we got to calm down a little bit with some things.
1: debo samuel if i had to guess I'd say he hates the 49er fan base. <laughs> right
0: I mean, I could see why he would, or just be annoyed by him. And that's why, like, that's why all this stuff is, is like, if I'm a player, I, I don't even want to be involved with the, with the contract negotiations, right? You hire your agent. Let me go about my business. Cause this just weighs on you. Right. And then eventually you talk to your agent say, okay, do I have to hold out? Do I not? You know, but like every day it just, everything gets blown up. And, this is a perfect example of it where it's like dude he can't sign everybody's stuff the rules are he can't sign it. So partially it's like hey dad you know he's not supposed to sign the stuff and then he's filming it you know so it's like hey dad cool it you know let the let let the thing let the thing go let the let the process play out and then you get your signed photo and your kids with devo getting that photograph photograph and signed photo which is better than having him sign a ball when he's just like you know because i see that a lot too where it's like it's not even engagement we just have a group of people and there's somebody signing balls and you see it a lot of baseball games there'll be a guy uh you know next to the dugout during batting practice signing balls you're not even looking at the kids engaging them it's just one after another because there's so many it's like grabs a ball signs it gives it back grabs a ball signs it gives it back that's that's not interesting. That's not fun. It's not right. even that fun for the kid. I mean, it's cool for the kid. I'm sure they like it. They got close to the athlete. They got a signed thing. You see it a lot where people just throw stuff at athletes and they grab it and they sign it and throw it back a jersey. Like the engagement, just seeing, hey, what's up, kid? You know, uh, uh, a dap or something. I think that just that that goes a lot further than you know, a signed thing that they didn't even engage you with. You know, I'm sure. And, and when I was a kid. I had a signed Will Clark baseball. It was given to me. I wasn't there when he even signed it. But I still love that signed baseball, right? Because it was Will Clark and he was my favorite player. And um, so it's still cool. But the engagement I two is... two
1: Barry Bonds baseballs. There two. you go. My dad, uh, he did construction and did some construction on Barry Bonds' house. So he was able to get two pictures signed and two baseball signed that I have no idea where they're at now. <laughs>
0: RDC in the chat says didn't even know that we had things to talk about. there's always things to talk about are you crazy? do you not follow the San Francisco 49ers? There's always something to talk about um, I'll say this about that. yeah everything doesn't always have to be super deep. right now yeah. we're
1: just conversing right and we're, we're having a good conversation about a team that we cover, a team that y'all are all fans of and you know it doesn't have to be super intricate or anything like that, but it could just be like, hey, let's talk about some of the things that are going going on right now in 49ers. Land.
0: Right, exactly. And we last, or it was two weeks ago, we did a show where it was like, okay, what, what is the best position on the 49ers roster? And I kind of wanted to flip that a little bit today, not to take it negative or anything, and and not even so much as like, what's the worst thing on the roster, right? But kind of go through the roster, go through the 49ers and say, okay, well, it's not, you're not going to go 17 and 0 most likely, and go win a Super Bowl. So what are the things that might hold you back? What are the the question marks right now for the 49ers roster? So that's one of the topics I wanted to get into today. Yeah, see, we got some folks. I mean, if you're a 49ers fan of a certain age and you started following Giants baseball in the late 80s as I did, you're a big Will Clark fan. And so, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. And that's why I can bat left-handed to this day because I took so many ABs in the backyard playing wiffle ball as Will Clark. So let's switch hitter now. I, I had the Bonds waggle too later on. But I was all about the Will Clark, the little longer, fluid swing. That was my swing.
1: The Barry Bonds, his swing was, I mean, it was sweet. Between it him, was him and King Griffey, those were some so of the short. Yeah, it was just boom. I mean, yeah. just gone. Like, just out, out the park. It, he was, and I actually, when I landed in Sacramento, I had this, uh, like, the Uber driver, right? He, Lyft driver or whatever. He actually had a nice Tesla and everything. He didn't get it from selling these balls. But he caught two. Barry Bonds baseballs, 660, which tied Willie Mays. And then he caught 661, not caught, there were splash hits. And he was able to get them.
0: Oh, uh, he was in the? McCovey in the, Cove. In the Cove. Okay, cool. Yeah. You, I remember so, that. I remember that.
1: Yeah. He sold 661 for like $17,000 and got like his cool canoe thing and like a TV on there, but there was like a delay. So you watch the game live, but you listen to it. Uh, on the radio because that's more up to date when the ball is hit out that way and Mm -hmm. it sounded like there was kind of like this little crew of guys out there that just had it down so Barry Bonds man I mean uh, that was cool kind of just seeing that guy and and him having that story about Bonds and everything like that
0: yeah I didn't catch the ball unfortunately but I was in the yard when Bonds hit 756 and broke Babe Ruth's record that was a madhouse that was a that was a crazy time that was a I had my hunt. son
1: on my lap. I had my son on my lap. We did, It was hot. We're in Stockton. Like We have no shirt on. He's in his diaper. He was probably like six months old. And uh, now he's much bigger. He's dang near my height now. He's 14 years old. But, it's
0: It's uh, been so long. Do you remember where you were when the 49ers won their last Super Bowl? Are you even old enough no, to remember that?
1: Not not old enough. And it's weird. I remember the next Super Bowl, which was Dallas Cowboys against Pittsburgh. Vivid, I mean, I remember watching it, like 100% mm-hmm. watching it. I have no recollection of anything that happened in the 94 Super Bowl.
0: It it happened so fast. I kind of, I barely remember that Super Bowl. And it was such a blowout. It was like, this is my team. They're winning. And, you, you know, there's not that big moment anymore. You just, I just have visions of Jerry Rice running in the end zone. It was like, are these guys going to play defense at all? And that was sort of my memory of that Super Bowl. I think I remember later 90s games a little bit better of, you know, um, Brett Favre beating the Niners in the playoffs. I think the losses stick with you. And I definitely have more vivid memories of those 49ers teams, but it was a good time to be a fan of the Bay area sports scene with the Harbaugh era, 49ers, you know, going to three straight MC championship games, the, uh, the San Francisco giants, you know, first it was the bond stuff and all the home runs, and it was fun to be at the yard for that, even if the 49ers weren't playing great. And then the, the or the Giants, and then the Giants had those three World Series 10, 12, 14, then the Warriors had their run. I mean, it, yeah. it's been a pretty cool run. And it was fun to live in the Bay Area during those times and, and seeing the uh, you know, there for when the 49ers lost the Super Bowl, but then seeing the Giants win three, seeing uh having a press pass in 2010, you know, that that was pretty, pretty cool. Uh, and that was my childhood team. That was my team more than even the the 49ers was the San Francisco Giants. So uh, that was super fun to see the Warriors thing pop off. All right. The question of the day is what are the biggest training camp question marks for the 49ers? And these question marks might not even turn out to be holes in the 49ers roster when the season turns around. But questions going into training camp and it's time of the offseason to start previewing training camp because we are in – July now we'll get into some of the questions in the chat and on Twitter as well but Croc first let's tell the folks about bet online your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information this season find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news it's not just about wagering at betonline.net you can find tons of news and trends and and learn about the things you might want to bet on in the future. Got Major League Baseball all summer long. Tons and tons of NFL futures. You can bet on your San Francisco 49ers. You can bet on Kyle Shanahan, Coach of the Year. You can bet on Trey Lance for MVP. You can bet on how many sacks Nick Bosa will collect in 2022. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for not just wagering, but sports scores and news this season. Live betting, eSports, boxing, uh, Vegas casino games, golf, all of it at BetOnline. Get over to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Online, where the game starts. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every single day for your second listen. Make sure you're checking out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL channel on YouTube, not only home to Peacock and Williamson, but also the Locked On NFL program and tons of other content. content. And of course, you got to check out Locked On NFL draft featuring one Eric MF and Crocker. All right, Steve. I don't know where where this comes from. Steve Brill says I painted Vince Wilfork's house.
1: Oh, because I said my dad worked on Bond's house.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) 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 Did did Vince Wilfork have a house that would be? befitting a, a man of his size like where the was it a very large house was it large doorways i would imagine there would be some custom elements to a house for a man that large i would imagine for nba players too it's like you need some high ceilings you need some big doorways um you need a big pool right you need a big hot tub to fit those long legs in right so i, I imagine it'd be the same for someone like vince Wilfork. and when you got enough money you could probably get some customizations going on with your crib
1: especially if you have vince Wilfork money
0: <laughs> and a nice paint job
1: did, were, were big guys in the interior like that, were they, I guess, more prioritized back in those days? Because you had Will Fork. You had the guy with Albert Hainsworth, Like I feel like those guys made like, a killing financially. And yeah, yeah. well, now it's like, do you, you know, you know Flint I did not really prioritize like DJ Jones, you know, they got rid of DeForest Buckner. Like I feel like that would have never happened like five or six years ago.
0: No, and, and DJ Jones got a good payday, just wasn't really from the 49ers. But back in the day, he would have been much more. And, and you, you'll see those guys go higher in the draft, too. Remember, H- uh, Holodi Nada went number, I think he went number two overall, didn't he? Hello, not Haloti Nada. No, no, he went. That was the 2005 draft. That was the Aaron Rodgers, Alex Smith draft. Hello nada. He was drafted really high as a nose tackle, but you could also pass rush a little bit. Albert, Albert Hainsworth had athleticism to go with his size. And so then you got the big payday because you could be a two down run stuffer and then you could still have some value on third downs. But even the guys that were like Vince Wilfork and um, who's the guy in Pittsburgh? Um, Gosh, dang it. I'm blanking on his name.
1: I want to say like Levon Kirkland, but I know it's not, I know he was a middle linebacker. He's he might well have been in.
0: Yeah, and there was a 270-pound middle linebacker that's definitely been phased out in the NFL. Um, yeah. uh, Nada was picked 12. Okay, he was picked 12. I thought he went higher for some reason. But yeah, I mean, like if you could um uh gosh dang it, that that's gonna drive me crazy. Come on, somebody so, in the chat. So
1: Scott, Scott says that run stuffing just isn't as important as it used to be, but I I still feel like there's this fundamental foundation of how to build your team and it's run the ball, stop the stop the run. And and make teams one-dimensional that way. I remember 2016, 49ers, I mean, listen, I watch every 49er game, I watch every single snap. I can be on the road, I'm gonna watch it on my phone. I watch every snap of 49er football. I turned off games in 2016 because I couldn't stomach watching a team with that poor of effort Especially on the ground. There was this one play, and I'll never forget this. For when I was playing against Buffalo Bills, and it was like third and 40 or whatever it was. And they ran the ball with Lashawn McCoy. And he ran for a first down. I turned the I turned the game off. I couldn't stomach it. So it, it, that that team was really hard to watch because they struggled so much against the run. And it just, it was almost like this helpless feeling even as a fan or someone covering the 49ers. So, I hear I hear you Scott and Scott says, "Hey, it's just not as important, but man, it, when you can't stop the run, it feels like it has a little bit more importance to it."
0: Oh, it, ask the uh ask the 2019 Packers in the playoffs, right? If you can't right. still stop the run, it's still game over, but it's a different <laughs> way that teams are fitting against the run and you have to be able to you have to be able to do more things to be more versatile on defense. And I think that's why you're seeing those guys phased out and you're a one down guy instead of a two down guy now. So, um, but there's still some, some value in it. Um, Casey Hampton is the guy I was trying to think of nose tackle from the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the day, which was just, he was just a wall just as wide as he was tall, very similar to, uh, to Vince Wilfork. And yeah, they're, they're definitely getting phased out. They're not getting paid as much. So you got to be able to do a little bit, a bit of something else. And actually I think, go ahead and
1: well, I was going to say, just kind of tie into this conversation about stopping the run, and we're talking about big question marks come training camp. So I have a question for you. One, and obviously we won't 100% know the answer, but Javon Kinlaw, is he going to be just this run-stuffing, two-down guy who isn't three downs like you drafted him to be and kind of play in that middle? It sounds like they're going to play him a little bit more in that kind of like zero like slash one tech and not so much the three tech that we had known that he was going to play. So, I mean, that's a huge question mark. Is he even going to be ready for training camp?
0: It's funny because as soon as you brought up DJ Jones, I was going to ask you the same exact question Croc. And (laughs) and I don't know if it's because he's such a big guy, but he's also long. And I don't think he fits the mold of this guy's going to play nose tackle. Um, I I think some teams might've even envisioned him with his length being sort of a three, four type defensive end, like even a five tech in in some cases, but he's so big and he's more of a disruptor, I think. And we'll, we'll see what he turns into as a player, but just with his sheer size and strength, you would think he would be able to be a pretty good run stuffer, but there are times where he gets out of position or gets a little high and people can get under him. So I never saw him as a pure nose tackle, uh, But he also needed work as a pass rusher. So he kind of hasn't fit in either one of those yet. I think it's pretty clear the 49ers are like, look, you're going to you're going to play that one technique and he's going to have to fill in for DJ Jones, good or bad. Uh, That's that's. And so that's that's a huge question mark. I think that's one of the first question marks. And it's a legit one for the 49ers because DJ Jones was so good, but he missed enough time. I think you can find somebody there in a rotational role to help you out there. But the 49ers do like to move their defensive linemen, have guys, you know, moving off the snap. So there's less onus on that one guy to just be a zero technique and hold up multiple blocks. But I think Kinlaw should be able to do it. Um, But, you know, he's going to have to work on his technique, both as a pass rusher and a a run stuffer, I think.
1: Well, well, here's the thing. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of DeForest Buckner. Early on, Buckner, and maybe even never, but... He wasn't great against the run. Like, he was a guy that could get a little high. He could get pulled out of there. It could kind of create some run lanes and whatnot, right? Like, run stopping wasn't, like, his big-time strength. But with DeForest Buckner maybe not being great against the run, he did have, like, I don't want to say one trick, but, hey, I am a great pass rusher from the interior. And, like, you talked about Ken Law maybe doing some rushing off of the outside, Buckner was able to do that as well. And right here, we got Lee saying Kinlaw won't hold up as a three-down player. Buckner was not only a three-down player, like, was there anyone more durable during that time than DeForest Buckner's time with the 49ers? I think he oh. missed maybe one game in three years or four years, whatever it was. So he was great at pass rushing. And I think when you think of Javon Kinlaw, it was like, all right, dude, if you're not still, in- and I need to. You know, choose my words wisely. I want him to come over and on here saying his nuts are bigger than ours. But <laughs> if you're not stout against the run and at least being able to dominate as a two down player, my gosh, that's when you're getting a little bit of trouble with 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 that situation.
0: Yep. Absolutely. No doubt. Um, just fishing up on the defensive side of the ball here. We, we talked about when we were looking at what are the best positions on the 49ers roster, we talked about defensive ends and pass rushers, the edge position. And we also talked about uh, linebackers and how important those were. So uh, obviously those aren't, I don't think question marks for me coming into the year like the depth at outside cornerback, but when you look inside in the secondary, is that, does that worry you at all, whether it's uh, at strong safety with it looks like it's going to be Joe's Georgia Odom versus um, Talanoa Hufanga at strong safety. And then the nickel K1 Williams is gone. And I, I feel like there's less clarity about nickel right now because it seems like they're cool with Hufanga. But I don't even know who they're cool with yet at the nickels for the 49ers. Right.
1: So there's this video going around in his you Have you seen it? Everybody's kind of putting this and he's like, watch this. Watch this yeah. doing that. Well, someone put on there, 49ers can't be heading into the season with uh Dinner at the nickel and Hufunga as a starting safety. And then the video is like Kyle Shannon has like, watch this. Like, like that's what I'm going into it with. But that's a huge question, Mark. And no matter how you feel about Hufunga or Dinner, from what you have seen, it's it's you can't go in there feeling Very confident. Now, the one thing I will say is that Kyle Shanahan and those guys, they coach their players up extremely well. And I think because of that, I tend to give them more the benefit of doubt in all situations. And then if it doesn't work out, other people can say, well, of course it didn't work out. Look who we had there. And I'm like, man, it's hard to say that because he's gotten the most. And when I say he, I mean, Kyle Shanahan and his staff have gotten so much out of guys who maybe have been huge question marks, but they fill in well. To the point where they are serviceable starters at the very least. So, huge question marks at the nickel position and strong safety. But I'm gonna give them a bit of a doubt, and that is kind of a kind of a cop out, I guess you could say. But gosh, I mean, you you mentioned those guys. I, I have no idea who's gonna play nickel. At least that strong safety, we could say. Well, you know, he's probably gonna be who It's his job to lose. That's what it sounds like. And he has guys like Jimmy Ward, and they're behind him. But at the nickel position. I have no idea who is going to play. Is it going to be dinner? Is it going to be maybe Emmanuel Moseley, who I think probably would be the best one if he just played there. But it's like, well, you're taking him off of the outside. You want him there? How much do you have faith in Ambry Thomas having the fill in? Is Jason Red going to be healthy? I mean, there's all these question marks there, but I have no idea what they're going to do at the nickel spot.
0: And it's hard because, I mean, Darquez was kind of off the street too, right? And like, if he's that good, to clearly be a number one nickel on a team, would he have been snatched up already before he was able to be brought in by the 49ers? And uh, as Rick points out, Ward seems to be really happy with Hufanga. I think the team likes Hufanga. And I don't think they're, and I've talked about this before when I mentioned um, the Tart stuff, because like, man, okay, they, they let Tart walk. They better be sure about what they have there. And in, in a lot of responses were, I think the 49ers really like Hufanga. And I was like, well, yeah, they didn't, it, it wasn't an accident, you know, this roster construction isn't an accident, but they better be right, too, right? So, and, and we haven't seen it yet. And so there's at least, there's a ton of, whether it's Darkez Denard or it's um, uh, Samuel Womack, the rookie, or if, um you know, w- w- the the fifth round rookie from last year who's kind of disappeared on D'Amador us. Lenore. Yeah,
1: yeah I, mean, Lenore I the fact that, that I didn't even mention his name. Yeah, I, I know he should be in that mix. And he's a guy that I talked about. Hey, I think he profiles more. After I watched him, right? Like, you could watch him in college. He played outside. He played, uh and he looked like he had the versatility to be able to play inside, but, you know, not quite sure. Once I watched him play on the outside in the NFL, I'm like, he he profiles definitely more as a nickel just with some of the things I'm seeing. And I believe that's where they wanted to play him. But, gosh, there had to be something to where – Oh, we got to get dinner off the streets and play in a playing game against the uh, LA Rams Week 18. We're gonna play this dinner guy and Dante Johnson over DeAndre Nor, who they at times they were like, you're not even gonna be active,
0: right? And Johnson's another one, Deon, uh, Dante Johnson. So they know they have veterans that they're okay with, and if you probably if you probably talk to them privately, the coaching staff and John Lynch, and they would probably all be hoping that one of the young players would go take that job but they probably know that they have a fallback there. I don't think they have that veteran fallback at strong safety. So maybe in some ways strong safety worries me more because I already know the strengths and weaknesses of Hufanga, and it's the weakness that worries me in coverage. If he starts getting beat deep, where's your answer there? It's, it's like Odom or that's it.
1: Uh, real quick, Dante Johnson, I know he's not your typical nickel corner from his size being 6'2", over 200 pounds, but he actually came into the league and that's where he played. He started games at the nickel spot for the 49ers as a rookie, actually had a pick six against the LA Rams out of the nickel spot. So he's definitely a guy that has that experience there and he's going to make the team, I think, right? He's not going anywhere. Maybe nickel is somewhere they have plans for him if need be.
0: Okay, we've got to move on to the offensive side of the ball here. And um, I'm still pretty confident with the defensive side of the ball. I think that the pass rush will cure some of those ills. I think that's a well-coached unit. And if you only have one spot that is a little iffy, I think with the other 10 guys knowing their jobs, playing really well, I think you can play up at, at the spots where you might be a little bit weaker. And I think the 49ers have that benefit on the defensive side of the ball. But with the first-year first year starting quarterback, what is it like on the offensive side of the ball? Let's get to that next and uh, first, I'd like to say go to rockauto.com and just save yourself a whole bunch of money. Just help yourself out by going to rockauto.com, and you'll be surprised how well you can fix some smaller issues with your car, even if you're not a car guy. And I'm not a car guy, but I fixed a, a fender flare that I did not know I had the ability to do and didn't realize it only cost 40 bucks to go get the part from rockauto.com when it would have cost hundreds to take my car into the dealership and have it worked on there so why choose to spend 30 50 100 more for the same parts at a chain store plus if you take it in to have somebody else fix your car the labor on top of it why do that when you can save time and money when using rockauto.com rockauto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and uh, I feel like I've been talking about how they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for five years, and it was over 20 years then. So it's probably closer to 25 years that rockauto.com has been helping do-it-yourselfers and professionals alike. Rockauto prices are always reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com. Be blown away by the selection they have. It's uh, it's really crazy what they're able to keep in stock for your vehicle. They have a part for your specific vehicle big parts small parts whatever it is go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com is this is the answer to this question crock if, if the 49ers disappoint don't make the playoffs this year is the answer as simple as their quarterback was not ready to play is that the is that the big question mark on the 49ers roster right now? Is just Trey Lance? And we talked later. Uh, we talked at the end of last week about how, man, are people putting too much on Trey Lance? Are they expecting too much? Or should it be more hope rather than expectation for Trey Lance? Because we really don't know who he's going to be yet. He's still so young in his development path.
1: Yeah. And the tough thing is the expectations for a lot of people are like Super Bowl. If it's anything short of that, like this is a wasted pick, could have just kept Jimmy. But Again, what are the expectations for someone so young in their career, so young in their development, very limited snaps? I think it can come down to, well, he quite wasn't quite ready for that. And I think that was the big question, right? A lot of people were saying, oh, Trey Lance, he's not ready. He's not ready. My my question was always, not ready for what, right? Is it not ready to start games or is it not ready to lead this team to a championship? And I definitely think you can see a scenario where, hey, he's not ready to lead his team to a championship. But I will say this, I think he is ready to start games. If the Houston Texans game, not saying they were very good, but if that's any indication of what's to come, he is at the very least someone who can start games and you start to feel a little bit more comfortable with that. The more he takes on that leadership role, the more he's starting to make plays. And for me, it's more so a, I don't want to say wait and see approach, but just, hey, I'm just excited to see how this guy develops throughout the year. And if a playoff run comes from that, Awesome. If they fall just short, that's going to be tough for a lot of fans.
0: By the way, Rick talking about how he was building, building a 24-hour of Le Mans race car, courtesy of rockauto.com. So I love the folks using our sponsors. That's, that's some pretty hardcore car guy stuff right there. That's pretty hardcore from Rick. I love seeing that. But no, you're exactly right, Croc. Uh, I've already seen multiple responses here about the interior offensive line and the center position. Frank says, how many NFL centers, how many starting NFL centers were drafted? Pretty much all of them. Right.
1: I don't know. Center is a weird position because we talk about the running back position and how, you know, it's kind of lost its value, I guess, or not lost its value. Well, yeah, definitely has lost its value, but also uh, they're not really highly sought after early. We've seen a few guys kind of going a little bit higher as of late, but the center position you don't see a whole lot of centers get drafted. You might see a guard that gets moved to center and there's that. But I mean, I mean, what's the over under on centers drafted in each class three.
0: So uh, it's, it's, it's weird because there's two things happening at the same time. Not a ton of centers are drafted, but the good ones are definitely drafted and they play and they're drafted to start. So, Teams target centers if they need one and draft a starting center, but nobody drafts a backup center because they just have a guard be the backup center. You know what I mean? And like versatility right. rules after you've got your, your starters set. But I think people would be shocked at, I, I bet there's more starting guards that were undrafted than starting centers in the NFL that were undrafted. Well, first of all, there's right. twice as many guards, so that doesn't count. But um, I, I think teams. And, love and even then hear- how many
1: guards were drafted? I mean, how many like legit guards, Because what do we hear? It's a guy that played tackle, and then all of a sudden, oh, his arms are short, move him to guard. And I feel like those guys get prioritized more than the guys that played four years starting guard at Wisconsin or something like that. It's like, nah, we don't want that guy. We want the tackle who's never played guard before.
0: I'm trying to think right now of teams that have clear, like, oh, this guy was undrafted, big undrafted success story at, at center. I just feel like they're I feel like everybody drafted their centers and I might be way off on that. But um but it's a good point. You can't find if there's a position you can find, find a smart, tough guy that might be a step slow, might be you know 10 pounds too small coming out of college, um, and develop yourself a starting caliber interior offensive lineman. It's a position that you could do that. Like if if I had to, you know, if I was day one hired as a GM and I'm like, this is the order we're gonna draft our positions in. Interior offensive line would be near the bottom and it would be just ahead of running back, you know, as far as like actual, you know, starters on offense and defense.
1: Donovan West, will he be a starter for the 49ers? That's a big question mark, right? And, And, you know, the interesting thing with him is, and when you bring up his name, he's undrafted. So now he's viewed through the eyes as an undrafted player. But if the 49ers would have drafted him third round, we might be talking about him as a potential starting center, even if same film. Same draft grade, but just, oh, okay, third round. They'd be like, oh, he's primed to be the starting center for the 49ers. Because he went undrafted, I don't even think that conversation has really gotten going.
0: Donovan West. So it's funny because the 49ers are almost guaranteed to have an undrafted center starting, whether it's Jake Brendel or if Daniel Brunskill moves inside, he was undrafted, or if it's Donovan West, who was undrafted this year, ends up being the guy at some point later this year. In in fact, I can't even think of who the center would be. That's been drafted. So the Niners (laughs) are going to be one of those teams with an undrafted center, pretty much guaranteed, right. And the backup, and then the third string guy might be undrafted. So, um, so clearly can happen. It's, it's an interesting position. You can't that if you're, if, if look, and, and I think that's one of the bonuses of this roster. We're looking at this roster and it's like, man, okay, what's the worst spot? Ah, Interior offensive line, not a lot of big names there. That's kind of where you want to be somewhat weak, strong, you know, box safety. If you pick some spots on both sides of the ball that, nah, maybe let's see if we get a smart, tough guy in there. And All we right. those are the positions, right? Nickel corner. You,
1: you, you don't want to be like, oh, man, oh gosh, we don't have any receivers. Like, like OK, yeah. Chicago Bears. Like, who the hell is Justin Fields throwing the ball to? Uh, he's throwing it to Mooney. And, I mean, you still have to kind of hope he takes, like, this huge leap, right? They had Allen Robinson. They lost him. And now was like, all right, Darnell Mooney, like, you're the guy. So for ers they don't have that question that receiver because not only do they have a terrific receiver in Debo Samuel, I guess the biggest question is when he's going to sign. But then you have Brendan Ayuk. And then it's like, hey, by the way, we've got this guy named George Kittle who's this explosive tight end. Oh, by the way, we have – Uh, Jawan Jennings, who people really like him, you know, and he's coming into his own as a big slot receiver. So you don't have questions there. You don't have questions at the tight end spot. I don't think you have questions at the running back spot, uh, aside from, is Trey Sermon going to be like, you know, I I feel like the 49ers, the way their roster is built, you're right. Like, if you have to have questions somewhere, let it be at guard because there's still ways you can work around it. Let it be at the nickel spot because they're so good uh, outside of that guy.
0: And the questions at running back aren't necessarily are they going to be okay there because I think they're going to be fine. It's just which guy is going to be carrying the ball the most. I think right. that's the only question. Uh, a couple of people have nominated the depth at tight end, backup tight end. What do you think? Are you worried about the depth chart at tight end behind George Kittle? Or it's already like how can that be a how can that be a question mark when you've already got George Kittle? You know, like, I guess about- there
1: is a there is a question as to who is tight end two. Is it Charlie Warner? It feels like he's overtaken, uh, uh, gosh, I can't think Ross of his name. 80, Yeah, Ross Dwelly. Really, yeah.
0: And hey, dude, if Jordan Matthews is your second tight end, I'm not even that worried, right? As long as they've got another right. tight end, who can block a little bit because he's a former wide receiver. Are you super worried if Jordan Matthews has to take all of the third down reps at tight end for George Kittle for a couple of games?
1: Right, I, I think you're fine there. Yeah. Now, we're not saying that you're going to get any type Don't of want that to happen. <laughs> George Kittle uh, production, right? Well, in whatever George Kittle production is, because even though, man quiet, almost thousand yards last season, I felt like there were games where it kind of disappeared, especially down the stretch and not because of him. It's not his issue. It's the usage. And I always thought his usage was extremely weird for a guy that is so talented. Like, how are you not trying to figure out ways just to get the ball in his hands? Because when they did, he had explosive games when his targets were up against like Seattle. There were a couple other games in there where he just went crazy. And then they just were like, oh no, you're going to get six targets throughout the entire playoffs. And you played three playoff games and you didn't even really get targets against the Rams in week 18. So I guess the playoffs kind of started there you know what's up with george killer's usage so i guess you can have a guy like matthews coming and do that but just in the sense of what he is capable of doing when they prioritize him in the passing game he's just special
0: yep they brought in uh tyler croft as a free agent uh troy fumigali as well and i can't believe i forgot about my guy juan jennings Who's an honorary tight end? And Kyle Juiszczek is too. So tight ends the least of my worries right now if I'm the 49ers. You got a superstar at the top. You got a ton of depth. Uh, maybe there's gonna be some jockeying there for those positions, but but the way they use Jennings, the way they use Kyle Juschek, even if Kittle misses some time, they've got some versatility there and some some waste to you guys with you know Croft and Fumagalli and Jordan Matthews to go along with Dwelly and uh, Charlie Warner. So yeah, a lot of bodies there to figure something out a tight end for the 49ers. So I'm not too worried about it. So really the, the big way the 49ers season goes poorly is injuries. And we're not really talking about that today. You know, things go normal injury wise, and you just have a few guys banged up here and there and nothing catastrophic like we saw in 2020. It's all about Trey Lance. If Trey Lance is good, 49ers is going to be Okay. Maybe things don't go great in the interior offensive line, which could derail some things for the 49ers just because you have a young quarterback. If he's getting pressure up the middle and you're not able to run the ball because of that interior offensive line, that could be a little bit of a problem. And then it's just like, okay, somebody step up at nickel corner. Somebody step up at strong safety and please Jimmy Ward. Don't get hurt. Right. Cause that's a big, don't game. get hurt. Yeah. We talked
1: about nickel and that was a guy we didn't mention being able to play nickel. And I know they want to utilize him at the free safety position. But man, he's a darn good nickel as
0: well. Yeah. And Mosley, too. The best two, the best two nickels probably on the roster right now are already playing other positions as a starter. Yeah. So, you know, how much do you want to move those guys around? And that's the thing about having someone like, someone like Hufanga at strong safety is you're probably less successful and less likely to bring Ward down to play in the box, to play nickel and move him out to, and move someone like who out and play a single high because you know, like that's where you start to worry about it. And if you had a more interchangeable, maybe a safety with better range in coverage, then you could utilize one of those other guys to help you out at nickel, but you might not want to do those maneuvers. Um But I think the 49ers feel otherwise. I think they're okay with it. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh But it's a, it's a darn strong roster, right? Croc. Because I think you got to, you mentioned the Bears. I mean, the Bears don't know if there's anyone who can catch the ball or block for their quarterback. You know, right? And we're and we're kind of we're picking nits here as it, as it pertains to the 49ers roster. So things look good in 2022.
1: They there have been a couple lists I've seen out where they are. You know, this it's that time of the year. Rank rankings coming out, and they've awesome done you know top uh, rosters. And I've seen a few where it's like Forty Nineers aren't on there. And there are not 10 rosters better than the 49ers, unless you're just factoring in the inexperience of a quarterback.
0: And I think that was a big part of it. I think that's a big part of some of those lists is, you know, you have a complete question mark at quarterback and it's like, okay, well, is that a top 10 roster when you have a complete question mark? I think it still is. Uh, And especially if you're, if you're not, you know, really weighing quarterback a lot. And who knows, it turns out they could have a plus at quarterback and then look out, you have one of the top, what, three rosters in the NFL? If Trey Lance is the truth, you know? If
1: Trey Lance, let's say Trey Lance is good, what does the roster look like with that? I think you're pretty dangerous.
0: It's scary. It's a scary roster. It's the best roster we've seen in a while for the 49ers, if Trey Lance is good.
1: Yeah, and when I say good, it is, uh, you know, I saw someone say, I hope he gets the Josh Allen timeline It's Year two, Josh Allen threw twenty touchdowns, nine interceptions. Uh, they went ten and six. Uh, you know, blew a lead in the playoffs. Yeah. But if you get that from Trey Lance, is it is it what's good for Trey Lance or is it what's good just in general? I think that's the, that's the question.
0: Hopefully, it's not year one of Josh Allen. And then next year's year two of Josh Allen. You got to wait till like 2025 to get the good Josh Allen because Josh <laughs> Allen wasn't really good until year three. But you saw signs of it in year two. If he's Josh Allen right. year two, I think that's a really good place to be because he's got the upside of, of a lot more. And I, I think a lot of fans, though, really just expect Trey Lance to walk in and be like, cool, you're better than Jimmy G. Let's go. And he's going to be better than Jimmy G at some pretty obvious things, but we'll see where he's at with the other stuff. Right. Um, I think he's gonna get there. And maybe it'll take maybe he'll maybe he'll be there at the end of the season, maybe he'll be there at the beginning of the season, maybe it'll be next season. But um th- that is a big question mark for the 49ers. So I'm not gonna fight too hard that some folks outside the, the organization, especially, you know, on the national level, just aren't sure. And the fact that Jimmy G's still on the roster, I bet you anything, Croc, I and mean, I know we gotta go. We're we're over time here, but I bet you anything. The moment Jimmy Garoppolo is traded or released at some point. Maybe in the next three weeks, the entire national narrative will instantly change. Just because seeing Jimmy on the roster, knowing the success the 49ers have had with him at quarterback, it's enough for someone who doesn't follow the team close enough to really have questions about Trey Lance. Once that question is gone, I bet the national narrative changes instantly. Right. I agree. I agree. All right, cool. Thanks for everybody who jumped into the live chat here. Uh, we didn't really get to any Twitter questions, but we always appreciate those Twitter questions at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker. And we'll be back tomorrow with a little winky Wednesday. Talk to you guys then, right here. Lockdown 49ers.